Lost Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening, good evening, Letter House and Blog Talk listeners. Thank you so much for joining us this evening for Double Dip Tuesday. We are here every uh, Tuesday from 8.30 until, and that's 8.30 Central Time and 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. We have our New Day call Monday through Friday morning at 8 a.m. Central Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time. And then we, like I said, come back on uh, Tuesday evenings to just get a double portion of the word. So thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for being patient with us and just uh, joining us tonight. Um, Tonight we want to give a shout-out to the sponsor of our show, Ms. Beverly Beasley. Uh, of Granny's Place. We thank her so much for hosting us each and every Tuesday night. We want to give a shout-out to her pastor, Reverend Richard Terry of the Free Will Baptist Church. And also we'd like to give a shout-out to uh, my significant other, uh, my husband, uh, Minister Joel Lewis, who has a show on Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., uh, just bringing on guests that are worthy to be praised and uh, just good fellowship. And then I'd like to just thank you, Ladder House, for joining us tonight again. And I'd like to give a shout-out to Dr. Shelton Carter, who is the founder of this great network, we, uh, as our founder and overseer, is none other than the Dr. Shelton Carter. We here at the Letter House keep our man of God covered, praying for him daily. Yes, weekdays, weekends too. We have a set time that we pray uh, every day, which is 5.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m., and that means that whatever time's on your end, someone is praying for our men of God and our awesome network. But if you feel like just praying for him, just feel free to go ahead and lift him up to the Lord uh, because we can um, have all the prayer he that he can uh, get. We know he's going through some things. So we just ask you to, every time you think about him, lift him up. Okay, um, we have, uh, if you need more information about our wonderful network, opportunities, com- comments, prayer requests, Bible study, please let us know on our Facebook at our letter house where you can also find upcoming events and daily inspirations. Feel free to even email us or write us with questions, concerns that you may have. Maybe you have a subject that you want Pastor to teach on or just want to say hello or how you doing or let him know how you're enjoying the um, and benefit from in the network or from the, the New Day call. Just email us at thelhnetwork at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We ask that you go to uh, Facebook.
like us at our ladder house every day, um, and just let us know how you are appreciating the show. We want to give a give. Excuse me. We want to thank God for giving Dr. Carter the vision, and the vision is to restore virtue to a society that is barren of spiritual and moral excellence. We lead, we believe that as we link with individuals, associations, and corporations, that we will effectively build a network of kingdom advancers and entrepreneurs, manifesting works globally that will be stations of empowerment. Through media, technology, and other creative platforms in traditional and non-traditional settings, we believe we will effectively reach a multitude of ethnic, multicultural generation. We thank you for your partnership, for your attendance, your faith, and your seed, which allows us the privilege to advance this cause across the nation by connecting purposes. Uh, We've been asked to see... Um, $20 a week or either $40 uh, has been asked as a special pledge. And uh, whatever God leads you to sow into the ministry uh, will be of much greater appreciation. We thank God for your seed. And we thank God again for giving the vision for the great network. Tonight I just want to... uh, Ask uh, who can be available tonight to be on mute to uh, read the scriptures and uh, that Dr. Carter asked. And also, uh, is anyone ready to read the uh, pastoral prayer? Good evening, Ladder House. Can you hear me? Yes, this is Lacey. I can hear you. Yeah, all, all right. right. I was... Go ahead, Lacey. Lacey, this is Sister C. I just wanted to say, good evening. I was going to say, I will, but all right, amen. That's what I'm talking about. When we all anxious to get in there and pray for our pastor. Go ahead, Sister Lacey. Love mm-hmm. you, darling. <laughs> amen. <laughs> so I would do, um, yeah, I don't mind. I'll read the pastoral prayer. Um. Thank you, Lacey. I'm just pulling it up right here. We thank you, Father, for your man, Pastor Dr. Shelton D. Carter, and the Latter House Vision. We thank you, Father, that you have predestined him to restore virtue in society, sparing of spiritual and moral excellence. We thank you, Father, for directing his steps and giving him a spirit of excellence, Continue to give him a hearing ear to teach and speak the written and revealed word of God to your people. Circumcise his ear for your glory and good pleasure. We declare and decree that no external or internal weapons formed against him will prosper. Every emotional, physical, psychological, financial, or spiritual weapons formed against him are destroyed now. Your word declares that whoever wars against him, that you would war against them. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. Therefore, through prayer, praise, worship, prophetic declarations, and every weapon you've supplied us with, through your Holy Spirit, we declare our pastor free to serve you in the beauty of holiness. 
For we pull down every stronghold and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God concerning Dr. Shelton D. Carter. Every argument against him we bring down into the captivity and obedience of Christ. On behalf of your son and our pastor, we come against every obstacle of pride that keeps the people of God from intimately knowing you. Every rebellious thought we bring under the subjection of the lordship of Christ Jesus. Every internal enemy that comes to scatter the flock, seeking to make self-disciples amongst the congregation, we declare illegal. We speak that your anointing destroys every yoke in his life, over his children's lives, his family, and ministry. We decree and and declare by the anointing of the Spirit of God that all plans, alliances, strategies, demonic forces, false, evil, and selfish motives are exposed and that every hindrance be removed. Every witch, warlock, or soothsayer be both spiritual and natural be removed off of Dr. Carter, and therefore its power broken. Pastor is free from all yokes of bondage, fear, poverty, generational, and demonic curses. We resist every spirit that acts as a gatekeeper to his soul. We renounce any further association passed down from generation to generation, biological, psychological, psychologically, spiritually, or any unknown force that comes against him. We, the people of God, declare him blessed, and therefore we communicate in all good things concerning him, according to Galatians 6 and 6. Therefore, we make holy garments for your man, according to your word and commandment, for glory and beauty. We, your people, declare Dr. Shelton D. Carter blessed and abundantly supplied. In Jesus' name, all praise, glory, dominion, and power to our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you so much, Sister Lacey, for reading our pastoral prayer for tonight. Um, would anyone like to pray us in before we begin our um, session tonight? Anyone have a burning prayer or desire to pray on their hearts? Okay, well, and I'll read this. I'll read Psalms one fifty. It says, "Praise the Lord." Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Lyre, I guess. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings of and pipe, praise him with with the clash of cymbals, praise him with surrounding. I'm sorry, resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. That's um, um, my scripture for today. That I'm just in uh, gracious and holy Father. Right now, I come thanking you for this day. God, I thank you for the events turned that turned out today in favor of uh, all of us, dear God. I thank you for taking us to and fro our, our our destinations. I thank you for just being a God that is just good to us all day long. Father, I ask that you be with us tonight. I ask that you let your Holy Spirit reign in this session tonight and just rain down on us. Open up our ears, open up our minds, and Father, open up our hearts to receive the word that we will receive tonight from our pastor. God, we ask a special blessing on him. God, we ask that you just lead and guide him and keep him and keep him and his family 
this he goes to and fro and does his daily task, God. Continue to give him the wisdom from on high that you just that have, you have anointed him with. Father, help him to carry out the vision that you have made the provisions for. Father, just lead his footsteps, guide him in every way, in every manner. Father, we ask that you guide the latter house and keep the latter house as they go forth and help to promote the vision of the pastor. God, just keep us all as we do the work that you have put our hands to do. Father, thank you. Again, I say thank you and praise you. And with all glory and honor, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I see that uh, we have some family members on the line that may want to say hello or uh, share tonight and what God has been giving them today. Or give, just give thanks tonight for his goodness. Is there anyone? The floor is open. Well, howdy, howdy. This is Mr. I am, uh, of course, Carlton Jones. And I thank God that I was able to get on the call. I've had uh, woo-hoo, a busy, uh, busy, busy day, which is uh, awesome in itself. And uh, I'm just grateful to God for everything that he is doing in and through my life and um, everything that he's doing for uh, Pastor. Pastor Carter, and um, I'm just super excited about, you know, how much, I'm just telling you, it's, it's awesome, it's awesome, awesome. But, uh, of course, my um, scripture for today is Psalms 23, because exactly what it's saying, the Lord is my shepherd, and uh, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside the still waters. Yes, Father. Thank you. He restores my soul. He leaves me in the path of righteousness. For his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And that's it right there. There's so much going on in so much that uh, uh, it wants me to look at and fall out and faint, but I'm not. I refuse to. Same thing. I keep telling Pastor Carter, don't don't even think on it. You know, we, everything. Victory is ours for real. You know, and the word, the promises of God are so being manifested in in my life for right now. Man, I'm telling you, next month uh, on the second, I go to court for the murder of my daughter and I'm still clothing my sound mind and I still have the ability to walk, talk and think and yeah, that may sound simple to you because you, you you know, thank God you don't have to feel what I'm going through but it, it's, it's, it's whew, if it had not been for the Lord, oh baby please so uh, the dude is uh, they got a lot of stuff going on over there at the court and, and what he's trying to say or whatever, but I rebuke all that in the name of Jesus, and we say victory is ours, right? In the name of Jesus. So, um, and I can't even, well, glory to God, I tell you. Y'all just uh, keep us in your prayers and them, them days is coming up here on us. Oh, Lord, my hand's shaking. And uh, they got us for witnesses. We've got to go in and speak and, and, and relive this day again. You know, 
Anyway, I love you guys. And God bless you. <laughs> Amen. Right. God bless you, Sister Velma. Oh. All right. I'm, I've been asked to ask for a, a couple of readers doing um, the session tonight. So uh, will somebody uh, let me know if you're going to be able to read or just say, I will, and I will. I need two. I will. One more. I will. Thank you for your obedience. And uh, without further delay, uh, Pastor, are you ready? Amen. Amen. The floor, the floor is open to you. Yes. Yes, sir. Howdy, sir. Howdy, Sister V. What's up? How we doing? Bless you to everybody else that's on. Um, God bless you. Amen. Oh, boy, that's just the end of the day, and it was a long one. But, however, uh, we at the end of it, and we're thankful for another day. Another day. Another day. Amen. A day that some saw, some didn't see. Amen. Amen. It's a day that was reported to me um, by Christ Jesus. Amen. I don't know um, why, but, uh, you know, I know he is and he has. Uh, But the Lord is dealing with me about uh, the principles of faith and regurgitating those principles. Um, About two weeks ago, I was sharing with you all, and I was just peppering around and asking questions and trying to see where we were. And uh, just some things I thought, you know, or I was assuming, um, I've come to discover that, you know, uh, maybe you may need to brush up on some things. Amen. Um, and, you know, and I and I noticed that sometimes in the teaching and when we're sharing the word of God, that we're catching pieces of it and we'll catch a piece and we'll understand that piece, but we won't understand that piece and how it works um, in conjunction with the word of God, for instance, when we talk about the subject of faith, which we'll to go back and regurgitate tonight, is that when we deal with the subject of faith, um, you know, most people say that, you know, they'll give you some understanding that they have out of faith or what faith is and what it's not, um, and and they'll grab a portion of it, such as um, maybe that uh, um, faith is always in the present tense. And so they understand that faith is always present, um, but they doesn't they don't understand the other components that go along with that to connect that truth to make it a reality. Um, and it's vitally important. We've talked about faith several times. Amen. Somebody's outside in uh, trucks and cars and amen deliveries, those kind of things are not good tonight. Uh, <clears throat> so again. Um, I just want to revisit some of those things. We don't have long tonight, but we'll be strong as we can. Amen. And so let's, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
Yes, Lord. Yes, yes. Father, thank you. Amen. Those of you that are on tonight, just begin to pray by the Spirit for the next 10, 10 to 15 seconds. Amen. 20 seconds. Amen. Just begin to pray by the Spirit. Glory to God.
but we've missed the missed the moment of the breakthrough, and so we're we we we've missed the moment of the breakthrough, and so therefore we assume that God didn't move. We're waiting for God to bless us, waiting for God to do something that I really believe that God has already done. And sometimes we miss the opportunities that God has for us because we have we have mastered sowing and we have mastered requests, but we have not yet mastered reaping yet. And reaping is a function. And just like sowing, reaping must be done through faith. The, the Word of God here says, it says that I want you to bear fruit, and not only that I want you to bear fruit, but I want you to bear much fruit, and not just much fruit that I want you to bear, but I want you to bear fruit that you can keep. She read that your fruit would remain. And so how many of you are tired of getting stuff and losing stuff, having stuff temporarily but don't have it, tom- don't have it tomorrow? And some of you all are right now in a place, in a position, and in a posture that God is ready to give you everything that you promised, that he promised he's ready to give you everything you probably could think of, ask or think according to his word. And again, if you can ask it or think it, it is at the bare uh, bottom of what it is that God wants to do for you because God is not just trying to satisfy your understanding. God is literally trying to blow your mind. God want to bless you in such a way that your mind is just gone, that you don't no longer live by, by, by your intellect no more, but you move by your instinct, and you allow the instinct of the, of, of, of the presence and the power of God to come up and show up in your life. So I want you to see something. The Bible says, he said that no, he says uh, in John 15, verse number 15, it says that, uh, well, let me read for you. She says, no longer do I call you servant, for a servant does not know. A servant does not know because a servant does not have choices. A servant is just to move and just to do as the master or the magistrate or those that are in charge are to, as they command. And so they, you just do. It's like when, when there's a time in your relationship with God where God is just commanding you to do stuff and he's watching your obedience and you're doing it. And some of you all have got to the place where you have mastered that. You have done what it is that God has told you to do. You are consistent in doing what it is that the Lord has telling you to do. And you have no problem doing what it is that he tells you to do. Okay? The issue is here now is that now God is trying to make sense of how you got to the place that you do. Because we're at the place of our performance, but we got to the place of performance based upon some of us, is our performance is our practice, but for some of us, our performance is our pain. Our pain got us to a place that we were ready to perform or do the word of God now, or whenever God spoke, we just was ready to move because we had been through so much, we had lost so much, that so much had fallen through our hands and slipped through the cracks that we just got to the place. He said, God, however you move, whenever you move, whatever you say, I'm willing to do whatever you say, how you say do it, if you say do it, when you say do it. Do I have a witness? <laughs> do I, that you just said, look, man, I done been through so much that I'd just rather just do it his way. And so you got to the point now that now that it just become a repetitive lifestyle for you. You just do it. You just do it, and you're just doing it. But then now God is ready to dump that major blessing upon you, and he cannot give you that because he cannot afford for you to get it, to reap it, and not be able to keep it. Because if you get it and not be able to keep it, then it is more of an insult to the kingdom of God uh, for you not to have it than to get it and then lose it. Are you understanding? Because what God is about to do in your life and the life of this ministry is he's about to make it so obvious. 
what he's doing. Okay. That if there is a decline, then it is almost shameful to the kingdom of God for you to lose on this level. And so what God has done is he's allowed you to get to a place, number one, where you are operating in your maximum obedience, where now we have developed posture and some disciplines where we are willing at all costs to obey the Lord. Yes. But now we're going to get understanding of why it is that we've come to the posture. He says, no longer do I call you servants, but I call you friends now. Now I am about to give you intimate details of why you had to experience half that stuff you went through in your lifetime, why you had to deal with certain things, why you had to be separated so long, why you had to be on the outside and seeing the outside. He said, I'm going to bring you intimate details of your abandonment, if you would. And so all those issues of rejection, all those issues that have got in your way, all those issues that have kept you from having what it is that God wants you to have, God said, I'm going to give you some information now. And based upon the information of your history, you're going to be able to navigate through your destiny more fluidly because you're no longer going to walk in the dark or in ignorance no more, but you're going to move by your faith now. You're not going to move by Amen. By 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 your pain anymore. But now you're going to move by your faith. Are you here? And so I was. I was. I was it, it says no longer do I call you servant. And the reason I don't call you servant is because we have a different level of relationship now. Verse number five of chapter fifteen says, "I am the vine; you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in you bears much fruit." Notice what he said: "I'm the vine; you're the branch. You must abide in me." Okay, and if you abide in me, you see the word abide, that word abide, it means to dwell. If you dwell or if you stick to it, that's what the word means, abide. It means to continuously stick to it, go with it. He says, if you stick to what has been working up until now, he says, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you're going to bear much fruit. He says, notice, I am the, he says, I am the vine, you are the branch. And he who abides, who who sticks, he who who stays, who he who connects, he says, I am and you are. I understand my, my part. Do you understand your part? If you understand your part and I understand my part and the two parts are working together harmoniously, operating as they should, he says, not only will you bear, but you will bear much fruit. And you are bear much fruit is because you come to the next level of your walk in Christ, is, and that is you've learned now how to walk in kingdom relationship. You understand what he is, and you understand what you're supposed to be. You understand what they is, and you understand what you're supposed to be. You understand what the group is supposed to be. You understand what the others are supposed to be. You understand what the congregation should be. You understand what the man of God should be. You understand the relationship now in the kingdom of God. And you understand that every relationship in the kingdom of God is not uh, the same. For one, every relationship that you have in the kingdom of God is not a horizontal relationship. But the relationships you have in the kingdom of God, some of them are vertical relationships. This is displayed through our Christian walk through the message of the cross. The message of the cross has two beams. One beam is a beam that is vertically, uh, uh, vertically uh, 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 vertical, and then there's another beam that is horizontal. It is a relationship, a, a relationship you have with God. The relationship is I cannot 
receive the best that the God above me has for me if I don't learn to respect the relationships around me. There are relationships around me that are equivalent to my relationship with God. Because, again, God only moves on covenant, and God is a covenant-keeping God. And when you understand covenant, you understand that God is, number one, a covenant-keeping God. He honors covenant, and he moves on the basis of covenant. If God did not move on the basis of covenant, then why are you so in a hurry to go find a mate? If God don't move on relationship, because in relationship, God moves in the power of two. Remember when, uh, the, 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 when he told the disciples, he says, go into the town, there's going to be this mule. And this mule may be in the hands of some owner. If the owner asks you, amen, why do you, why do you want this mule or this donkey? He said, tell them that the Lord has need of it. And the Bible says that this mule, amen, was tied up, and it was tied by the door, and he had sent two disciples out, two disciples out. Notice when God was, or Jesus was moving in his apostolic ministry, he was sending the, uh, the disciples out, and when he sent them out, the Bible said he sent them out two by two, two by two. In other words, your relationship, help me, Jesus, your relationship is going to push you to the next level now. The issue is about relationship is that some of us are so broken, defeated, and just simply lack relationship skills because, again, it takes skill to be in a relationship. The Bible says, says that he who shows himself friendly and therefore, it's friendly. I watch people want to serve, be a part, run, and move in ministry, but their attitude and personality is so horrible that you can't connect with them because their attitude stinks. And so even when you want to employ them, use them, or, uh, or, 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 or operate using their service, their attitude is wrong. And their attitude is wrong is because they still have a slave mentality. A slave mentality is a mentality that has a focus or have an approach, a man, that is deemed or based upon uh, 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 unforeseen or circumstances that are beyond their control. In other words, the relationships that they have are relationships that are comprised and operated based upon their uh, restrictions. In other words, you're in that relationship not necessarily because you like her or because you like him, but you're in that relationship based upon maybe the convenience. Maybe you're in the relationship based upon, amen, because my grandmom and them went to this church. Maybe I'm in this relationship because uh, because of uh, a false reason. And Jesus says, no longer am I going to call you servant, but I want to call you friends. And I want to call you friends because it's, you've been proven through our relationship that you have been through your obedience that it doesn't matter, amen, where God connects you. It's just as long as he connects you and you know that it is his will, then you are satisfied doing the will of God. You understand your vines and you understand your branches. You understand your relationship. You understand your connections because you understand your fruitfulness is part of your connection. Now, God tells, tells us that when we connect, that there's this fruit process that is about to come forth. So God wants us to bear fruit. He wants us to bear much fruit. Somebody needs to lay hands on yourself and say, God wants me to be fruitful, man. And so if I'm not bearing, it's not that my fruit hasn't come up. I might not be bearing fruit because I don't understand the relationship. 
I'm trying to be a branch when I'm supposed to be the vine. I'm trying to be a vine when I should be a branch. I'm trying to be fruit before I understand a vine. And you can't have fruit till you understand a vine because a vine only understand don't understand fruit. A vine understand branch. Branch understand fruit. And so what we're doing is we're trying to have relationships, but in our relationships, we're trying to eat in the morning what we we're trying to eat in the morning what we should be eating for dinner. And you can't eat your dinner in the morning. Not in kingdom relationships. Why? Because there are some nutrients. There's some things that you haven't learned yet. And so what you eat in the evening, you're not qualified yet to eat yet now. It would be ridiculous if I have a a 1,500-square-foot a, a building with a lot of house sign on there, and I'm preaching and teaching to a small group of people, and we're just now growing, and I show up in a Bentley Rolls Royce. I am trying to eat what I should be eating later in ministry, trying to eat it now. Could I do that? Yes, it may be a strain and a pull on the people, which would make me irresponsible, and it would make me irresponsible to the relationship I have with Christ. The anointing on my life is not for my flaws, but my the anointing is on my life so that I can point people to Christ. But if I go by a Bentley now, y'all better hear me, the distraction would become would come because people would be more focused on me, amen, than they would be on the God that I preach on. Because, again, I have elevated my appetite over his desire. And this is what happens in relationships. You elevate your appetite over the purpose of the relationship because your flesh gets in the way of your kingdom connect. And so now you're in a kingdom connect, and God has purpose for your team, for your your unity, your duality, your coupleness, if you would. He's expecting it to bring forth a harvest. God is expecting something from this group of people. You better know it. And if God is expecting something from this group of people, trust me, you are irrationally and irreasonably distracted at times. Irrationally. And irreasonably, just distracted. We're at a place now of building and process of building and rebuilding and establishing and rooting and grounding and those kind of things, but yet we don't understand our relationship. See, when you're in a place where you're building, there are certain things that you do and certain things you don't do because you are building right now. Now, you understand what I'm saying? And so if I'm building right now, if I am the branch, and again, I understand my function in this relationship, then I dare not do anything that would cause this vine to be disturbed by my branchness. Because I understand I am a branch. I am a wing. I am not the whole thing, but I am a significant thing because I am the thing that the fruit itself shows up through. I am the thing that proves that this vine got power. I'm the branch. I am not just a branch, but I am an extension of of the grace of God, and some of you are becoming an extension, amen, of the pastor. And as an extension of the pastor now, then your function now has to go to another level, and it does not go to the next level till you first understand your part. And one of the things we have to understand is that God has purpose for us to receive on certain levels that we haven't been receiving on. 
we have been received we haven't been receiving on. But yet he's purposeful <laughs> excuse me, for us to receive. Look at Matthew chapter six, if you would. Yeah, there at Matthew six. Matthew six, verse twenty six. Matthew six twenty six. Behold the fowls yeah. of the air, for they sow not, neither do they weep, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? <clears throat> Continue. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his statue? Continue. And why thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in his glory was not arrayed like one of these. 30. Keep going. Yes. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith. (laughs) O ye of little faith. Little faith. Look at here. Look at there. Now, he says, O ye of little faith. But notice how he starts off. He starts off, he says, look at the birds. Pay attention to creation. And I want you to see that they neither sow, and I want you to see that they don't sow, nor do they reap, nor do they gather Yet the heavenly Father feeds him. How many things that you are involved in doing, compromising, suggesting that you think you must do? You must have that friendship. You must have that relationship. You must have that dream. You must have that. You must. You must. You must. You must. You must. You you must. You feel like you got to do this. And if I don't do this, there's something from my life is going to be exacted. If I don't do this, I'm not going to eat. If I don't do this, I ain't going to get no clothes. If I don't do that, my baby ain't going to get no milk. If I don't do this, there'll be no pampers. If I don't do this. See, the thing is, not only do you not know your relationship, but you don't know who you are yet. And so, therefore, you think it still is your responsibility to feed and to clothe you. And as long as you take the responsibility, then it will always be your not only your responsibility, but it will also be your worry. Instead of so, you're in your worry and not in your relationship. Because if you understood your relationship, the relationship itself, the relationship itself funnels or powers to you, Amen. Everything that you have need of, He says. Consider the, consider the birds of the air. Look at the birds of the air. He said they neither sow, they neither reap, nor do they gather. Three functions, sow, reap, gather, sow, reap, gather. They don't do none of these, but yet they have everything they have need of. Which means that they are, these are three, uh, three activities that go on that must be performed and must happen. Sowing. Something someone reaps. Someone sows. 
someone gathers. And what the Lord was showing me is that we're having not a problem obeying God. We're having a problem with the process of the reaping. Number one, anything that has a process is subject to time. And so it's subject to the duration of time, which means that you must develop your discipline spiritually of waiting. It is when we become presumptuous and quick to move and moving so fast that we initiate and activate a blessing that we never retrieve the harvest of the initiated promise because before it ever comes to pass in our life, we done moved out of position and we have started doing the job of the vine instead of remaining in the posture of the branch. Will you let God be God and you be you? And get out of this superficial, hocus-pocus relationship with God? Will we trust God almost for everything? Anybody understand what I'm talking about when I say we almost trust him for everything? Amen. We almost there. He said, but you, you, you haven't trusted me yet. And because you haven't trusted me, you got all these makeshift gods. You got all these personal gods. You got these things playing the role of God. He said, but you don't understand. He said, these birds of the field, they neither sow nor do they reap. Why? Because they understand their part in the relationship. That's not their part. And as long as they stay in their lane, then God makes sure that that lane gets supplied everything that it's supposed to have. Consider these. Consider the lilies of the field. He said, look at the birds of the air. He said, they neither sow nor reap. Verse number 27 says, he said, how many of y'all can add to your life by worrying? So why do you worry? Because what worry does is worry replaces your faith, but as, as, as a counterfeit faith. Worry mm. is, wor- oh, yeah, worry releases a counterfeit faith. Be, you'll be surprised how much people can get done. I'll say like the Holy Ghost said it. You, you'll be surprised how much destruction you can create in worry. And trust right. me, right. it takes power to destroy. Make your point plain and simple, Reverend. I sure will. If you look at a, a high-rise building, before you can put another building there, you must, even if that building is condemned and if that building is no longer usable, you must, you must bring that building down to its knees. But in order to bring that building down to its knees, that's not lo- no longer usable or it's not as functional as it once was. You're going to have to have some type of force to bring that thing down. You better hear me. You're going to either need a heavy ball or you're going to need some explosives. However, you're going to need a force that is greater than your natural ability. You'd be surprised how many people have used power to destroy themselves and others when they could have used the same force to build themselves and others. But because they didn't understand their ability, they moved in worry, which transferred into fear, and fear is a force of faith. Mm. Your fear has moved you into that decision. 
You're worried mm-hmm. about what you shall wear, what you shall eat, where you shall sleep, have moved you into that presumptuous action. And now the relationships that God has put in your life are compromised now because people don't trust you to uphold your part. I know I'm the singer and you are the musician, but I don't trust you because you didn't show up too many times. And so now I'm at my best friend's wedding and I'm there to sing a solo, but I'm not sure you're going to show up and play because the last five times I looked for you and I couldn't find you. Or you were compromising Mm. the value of the relationship And so, therefore, you were not at the level that I needed you at. And so now here it is. I'm on this big stage where people don't know your name, but my name is being pushed now, and you are unreliable. Why? Because fear came in, and you felt that you couldn't eat. And off the check that God was going to bless us with if we both did this wedding. And so what you did was you went and compromised the value of not just yourself, but compromised the relationship and not realizing that the relationship is part of your reaping process. There were two disciples standing by the open door. The issue was the mule or the donkey was tied up. And in order to get the provision untied, it took the relationship. Because one man couldn't do it or tame or handle it on its own. But if we work together on this thing, (laughs) And the only way we're going to work together Is if there's some level of togetherness That we have begun to forge amongst one another It's called reliance, confidence, and trust Can I trust you to be accountable? Does my action suggest that my kingdom partner can rely on me? If not, then don't be surprised about the lack of fruitfulness, but yet the scramble you got in your life. You're scrambling. You're scrambling. You're scraping. That's because you're not maximizing your relationships. You don't trust the God of your relationships. And if you don't trust the God of your relationship, you can never have the relationship. First thing, did God put you in the relationship? Did God put you in the ministry? Did God put you with that partner? Did God put you with that mate? Did God put you with that friend or that business partner? And if God did it, then you got to trust the God of the relationship, and you need to get out of the way. That has been your problem most of your life. You get in the way once the process gets started because it's taking too long for you. This is why men... Or this is why a lot of women take married men. <laughs> and this is why a bunch of married, long-time women pissed off at that woman. Why? Because here it is, you didn't put the time in to let him mature, let him get all that bad stuff out of him, off of him, get to a place where God could use him. And you finally got to that place. And guess what happened? Here come her trying to come get your finished man. Why does she want your finished man? 
Because I, this is why women like men that are married, because they don't have to deal with the immaturity. They don't have to, to, to deal with the stuff that's popping out. They deal with the mature part. Y'all better hear me. The issue is you don't qualify to benefit from that relationship because it is awful and unlawful for you to reap of a harvest where you made no deposit. But yet you're taking withdrawals from the place of somebody else's deposit, and that's why her wife, that's why his wife won't cut your head off. Because not because you got her man, but because you took her deposit. You can take the man, just give me back my deposit so I can take that deposit, put it in another man, y'all better hear me, and therefore I'll have the man that you think you want. Because the man you think you want is the man that I made the deposit in. And he is what I've become and what I've sown. Some sow, others reap. I've sown in there, and I'd be damned if I let you reap of my deposit. Y'all better hear this, man. <laughs> That's somebody that is not obnoxious. That is somebody that values their relationship. But if you don't value that relationship, God assure me, we don't value stuff. We don't value what we have. We may not know we have it. We may not know how important it is. But you must remember God is a covenant-keeping God. The word is berit. Berit is the word that's used for covenant. Berit, B-E-R-I-T-H, berit. Berit is a covenant. It is a solemn oath between two joining parties. That when the two parties come together in this oath, that means there is an agreement between the two. And we make agreements with one another. And we say, uh, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I love you. You're my man, 50 grand, forever, always. I'll always be there. That's what we say. But what we don't, what we forget, and you, you go, really? You're going to really be there? Yes, I will. Really? Yes, I will. Before God, I promise I'm going to be there. And the moment you do that foolishness right there, God takes you serious. And from that moment, God deals with you on the basis of how you deal with your relationship. You're expecting God to deal with you on the basis of how you worship him. No, God said you are honoring me when you honor your relationship. You're trying to have a vertical relationship with God above you, but you're ignoring the relationship around people on the side of you. My God. Y'all in here tonight? We're ignoring our relationship. We're not honoring our covenant. You cannot go in covenant with yourself. And there are two covenants. There is a covenant between God and man, and then there is a covenant between man and man, and yet the covenant between man and man is is become authentic and official the moment you allow your hearts to join. The Bible says that David and Jonathan were in covenant with one another, and they were joined by their soul. They were soul brothers. Have you ever had somebody that you're so connected with them emotionally and mentally that you can even feel them spiritually. We're opposed to some of us have spiritual relationships, and just because it's spiritual just means that we're operating in agreement on the same thing that the Spirit is talking about. But when you're in covenant with somebody, you can be in the Spirit with somebody but not be in uh, the soul with the person that you need to be in the spirit with. 
David and Jonathan were joined by the soul. They had an emotional and mental tie that they respected. They respected it so much that when David, a man, was on the run from uh, 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 Saul, Saul was Jonathan's father, and Jonathan was so connected with his soul connection with David that he told David the secrets on how to stay alive. Therefore, David responded to the relationship in such a way that David did not take advantage of the inside information. Have you ever uh, had a relationship with somebody and you kind of shared with them kind of stuff and the same very thing that you thought you could share with your homeboy, your homegirl, they went and told somebody else to only realize that you mm-hmm. could, they couldn't respect the relationship enough to keep mm-hmm. their mouth shut? Wow. And I keep telling people, you stop falling for that death trap of, I'm just saying, especially in ministry, where people be suddenly messy talking about, I'm just saying. And what they're saying is, excuse what I'm saying, but I'm going to say it because I'm being messy, but I ain't trying to be messy, but I'm being messy. And if I ain't being messy with my words, I'll be with my gesture. Which means that you don't value the relationship. Because you are the PR for the relationship. You are the marketing for the relationship. You are the truth of whatever we are. If we're really in relationship, you don't represent me up close. You represent me away. Will you say it if I'm there? Will you do it if I know you're going to? Would you go if I knew you were going? Huh? It's called honor. And most people are walking in the kingdom of God, trying to walk in the kingdom of God, and don't understand the honor principle. And so what we're doing is we're trying to be homies and trying to be friends, and we're missing that we're trying to connect with one another on a companion level, but we don't understand things like loyalty. Hmm. We understand I'll be faithful. But do you understand that next turn when you step into the kingdom of God, where God is expecting you to be not to him, but to your neighbor, is there an allegiance there now? Do you have allegiance to one another? Do you have allegiance to your man of God? Are you just talking every time he makes you feel good? Then that's my man, 50 grand. But don't let him go through a burp or a hiccup in ministry. Because I'm telling you, when you burp, they be the first one to make sure that everybody know you did by talking about, ugh. Yeah, that's what you're doing. Every time they can't count on you and you're nowhere to be found, what you're saying concerning your man of God is, ugh. You're leaving his hands down. All in the name, I'm just saying. And so there's a misfit in the relationship. And in a moment, we're going to end up in the divorce court because I understand you don't value this relationship. And so, therefore, if you don't value it, we can't get the benefits of this relationship. And so, therefore, our covenant is being tampered with because you're looking for a covenant that always feel good. Or even worse, you're so spiritual that you forget that there are two levels. Yes, there's a spirit connection, but God brought Jonathan and David by the soul. 
And it was at that moment they had to trust one another. Now, this is not a relationship you have with everybody. Because how can you be betrayed? And betrayal is the process to promotion. He says, I'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemy. But I'll never give you the table until you first have an enemy that can be betrayed. He said, one of you going to betray me tonight. But after you betray me tonight, three nights later, I'm going to be resurrected Lord of Lord, King of Kings. But before I get resurrected Lord of Lord, King of Kings, I must be betrayed. And you cannot be betrayed unless there is somebody that is close to you. If they're not close, they can't betray you. Why is it betrayal? Because betrayal isn't a spirit. Betrayal is a is an emotion. I've been betrayed. And it's a heavy one that you must deal with. It's the one that sucks and saps the strength out of you. Because it happens, the offense happens at the expense of the one who wasn't supposed to do it. Why wasn't they supposed to do it? Because I was the vine and they were the branch. And so for them to hurt the relationship is for them to hurt themselves. It doesn't make sense. So you trusted that they would never, ever break break the relationship because they understood breaking the relationship would break them. But if you don't value the relationship, if your relationship don't have a price tag on it, and understand that the price cannot be be monetarily, what is the value of your relationship? What is the value of our relationship? What is the value of the relationship you have with this and the ministry? What is the value of it? What does it honestly mean to you? I don't know. Well, that might be why you're worried about your life. Worried about what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you shall wear. Because what you missed was he says that if I feed the birds, the lilies of the field, and notice what he said. He said none of them was arrayed like Solomon. In other words, Solomon had a covenant. The birds of the air did not have a covenant, but yet God's promise was to take care of them. So he said, how much more will I do for you that have a covenant? You have a covenant, and you acting a fool with the covenant. You got the relationship, and you're about to blow it. Your promise, your harvest, and your productivity is in your covenant relationships now. Remember, Jesus says to the disciples, he said, take your net after you had been toiling all night for a catch, the Bible says. And they were discouraged, and Jesus came and, and mended and built those disciples back up. Because they had emotionally, soulishly had been tore down. They were discouraged. They wasn't receiving what they thought they should be receiving. So instead of going and buying more fish, they trusted their relationship. Jesus said, man, look, let me use your boat. 
let us launch out a little bit now, pull off from shore. And they said, all right, man, I'll let you use my boat. Well, how many of you know that you ain't going to let nobody use your ship that you don't have a relationship with? Deep relationship. We're not focusing on building our relationship. We are walking in and out of church, hollering at each other from afar in the distance on the telephone, but we ain't valuing the relationship. That is my brother. That is my sister. Something about the relationship. There's no way that my sister cannot have meal, and I have a cabinet full of meal, and I let her go hungry. No way. Even if I don't like her, I'm a feeder. And I ain't talking about her. I ain't talking about praying for her. Jesus talks about faith. James talked about faith in James chapter 2. He says, if one of you come to them, is naked and need of food, and one of you say, be warm and be filled, but don't give them the things which are needed for the body. He says, can faith save them alone? In other words, your conviction that God can make a way? Yeah, God can make a way, but until you go buy some bread, until you give them a blanket, they're going to be hungry and they're going to be cold, and it's not a matter of, of them, but it's a matter of your relationship with God that's working through your relationship with them, that even when they are on your last nerve, you are concerned about their needs. Mm-hmm. Your relationships, they are important, and you must handle relationships well on this next level. You can't serve and operate together in ministry, and you don't value and respect you all's relationships. You're not just in relationship with the pastor. You're in relationship to people around you. You're in relationship with the people next to you. You are in a relationship. You are in a connection. Jesus told the disciples, he said, launch out into the deep. Now take your net and throw it on the other side of the ship. And the Bible says they caught all these fish. And they caught all these fish because they found their partners. And they signaled to the partner and the partnering boats that were passing by. And they called those partners over. Relationship, extended relationship. But your extended relationship is a product of your initial relationship. Your initial relationship, you're not handling right. And we have initial relationship going on right here, right now. What are you doing with your relationship? It's through the net. And they caught all kind of fish. Their network, their network, their string, their connection worked. You got to build this connection now. And one thing about the body of Christ is you don't get to choose who you connected to. And one thing I've learned about old God is God to connect you to the most unlikely person. Mm. I mean, the most unlikely, the one that's going to pull all the grace out of you. <laughs> the one that's going to pull all the patience out of you, all the love out of you. I mean, they just pull it out of you. You'd be surprised some people God put me in relationship with. I said, man, y'all pulling a whole lot right now. Right now, I just need a break because I just, just can we have a break for a moment because I got to get full again to deal with you tomorrow. <laughs> 
Amen. <laughs> Somebody give Carolyn a high five. Amen. All the way down. Amen. God bless her. But no, for real. <laughs> you got to have grace. Amen. And so now you understand that my staying full is not always for me. But my staying yeah. full is oftentimes for my brother, my sister, my neighbors, my loved ones. Because, again, he says, I need to pray that God would anoint me, that he would give me the ear of the learned, the tongue of the learned, so I may speak a word in season to those that are weary. So I will be hitting, hitting, hitting the target when, 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 when my sister needs me. I value my relationship. Some, 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 some mothers walk in the house and they got to fix their face up really quick. And they got to straighten their clothes up really straight. Why? Because they do not want their children or those that they're responsible for, to see how weary they are, see how heavy they are. Because they understand that they see how weary and heavy they are, then that affects them. Mm -hmm. So they pull strength so they can be strong for their relationship. Just until that person can come of age or maturity to the Mm -hmm. point they can understand weakness and understand that weakness is a part of strength. But at this stage, they don't understand that weakness is a part of strength, so they take that your weakness makes you weak. So now you got to pull a strength out that's not your own just so you can honor your relationship. Honor to the point that you can stay effective in that relationship. Effective with your son. Effective effective with your daughter. Effective. Can't let her know everything right now. But when you grow in maturity, no longer do I call you servant. But I call you friends. At this stage, I couldn't talk to you about that kind of stuff. But on the next stage, I might be able to open up a little bit. Now, we were connected back then, but we were growing in the grace that God gave us. And we grew so much that when Saul was after us, we stayed alive. But I also understand that in every relationship, every single one, you're taking a chance. <laughs> Every single one. You're taking a chance. Why? Because if that relationship matured to the point that God will allow you to be joined at the soul. And we won't even talk about the relationships that God did not put you in that you got connected by the soul. But just the ones that God has you put in, that you got connected by the soul, now you got to trust, hope, believe, and faith that that person is going to do right by the relationship. Because that person's action has the ability to set you back six months, two years, bring you down to your knees, hurt you in a way that you, as a matter of fact, some of you are at the place that you've already compromised. And that's why you're in the relationship, because you're too far. And you don't trust that God could recover you. So now you're sowing into a dead end. And your place of seed and deposit must change now. And God's going to snatch you up, turn you around, and put you in a place that you thought you'd never be in. 
Some of y'all, he going to put you in relationships that are so unique that you never thought you'd be in that unique thing. Never, never, never did. But you'll be right back in that unique relationship. Why? Because God's going to use it. But other you are in tide. And you're saying, Lord, I done gave you my money. I done gave you my time. Lord, I even was present. But why you want to start messing in my relationship now? Especially the one. That one. Why, Lord? Because I want to make sure as your Savior that there's not one relationship in or of your life that at any given moment that you don't have the strength to honor me as God above your relationship as flesh. Now understand, some flesh I'm going to connect you to in such a way that it's going to be so tight that it's going to be hard to tear apart. And that's why you must honor it and value it by the Spirit. How do I honor and value it by the Spirit? Because my honor and value insists that I rely on the Holy Spirit to maintain me in this relationship because I can't love without love. And God, who is spirit, is love. So I need the spirit of love to love through me so I can honor this situation. But the spirit of love operates like this as well. It not only love through me to love on you, but it'll love through me enough to love by you. Because sometimes you got to understand when you got to let the dead bury the dead. Isn't it amazing that in John 15, where he's talking about this connection, he also talk about the vine and the branches. And he talks about the leaves. He talks about being plucked, trimmed, and cut. Anybody that got a three a green a green thumb, they understand this. They understand that when you are uh, uh, dealing with plants, and one of the leaves are dying or dead, you got to cut the dead part around off. And sometimes you can preserve the leaf, but sometimes that leaf is so decayed that you got to just cut the whole thing off, and you got to cut it off. Because it's dead, and it's so dead that it's sucking life from the other branches, and now it's starting to affect fruitfulness all the way around. It's a dead situation. Kill that girl. Bring your dog, bring your cow, bring your horse, take it to the vet, and kill it. said it in leadership. I said, there's some problems you can fix and there's some you can't. And in leadership, you got to have your veterinarian style. And a vet, a veterinarian will tell you that we got a needle and thread in one hand, but we got a shotgun in the other and some things we can fix 
But other things, you got to just put it down. Some labors are worth the labor. You labor a long time. But then there's other labors that you go not so much. Not so much. We're in the evaluation season. Let me evaluate this relationship. But I got to do it by the Spirit, not in my flesh. So when I do it by the Spirit, I evaluate it, and I say, does this neighbor show themselves neighborly? Does this iron sharpen my iron? Because if it's a relationship, iron sharpens iron, so shall it show on the countenance of a friend. When I learned I lost a friend is when I look at their countenance and they're no longer the same. When I, when I walk in the room and your eyes stop applauding me, then I realize I've lost you. We ain't in relationship no more. Something's going on. When I walk in the room and your head drops down and instead of lifting up with eyes bright and a smile across your face because I appeared, I understand something's going on. Because everything communicates. Not just your voice, your body language communicates. And sometimes if you just pay attention to the people's body around you, it'll tell you, hey, something's going on with this relationship. Something's going on with this relationship. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? It took a lot of power to pull that building down. But the same power that pulled that building down, you could have transferred that power and used it positively and used it to build and repair that building and make it strong again. But worry had you in such a way that you disrespected your relationship, your life, your kingdom advancement, your posture, and you keep missing promises. Can't miss no more promises. Everything that is, it's going to be. So if God got us in relationship now, child, guess what? You stuck like Chuck. And you should have thought about that before you start coming over here because I don't play with relationship. I meant what I said. I don't know what you're going to do. But if I said I'm going to pass you, I promise you I'm going to do that. I'm going to really do that. I'm going to do that. So when I see something wrong, I'm going to say, that is wrong. If I see something that is funny, I'm you going to know. I, I got some. You know. Anybody? Y'all know me. It's relationship. I'm depending on you. And I can't get there without somebody like you being what it is you're supposed to be here. But if your relationships outside of this place are pulling you from the dynamics of the place that God has me in, and I know you purpose for me, I can care less about that relationship, especially if there's no covenant. Because where there is no covenant, I take precedence over the lack thereof and stand in my right and say, uh-uh, because we got to bear fruit. And I can't let your distractions keep distorting me. Just because I don't say nothing don't mean I don't see it. It's a distraction. There's no benefit. There's no purpose. And one thing I've learned to do is stop playing the role of Savior. It is not my job to save everything and everybody. That is Jesus Christ's job. And he will show you that you're not the Savior. You can't save yourself. How are you going to save somebody else? You better value your relationships.
tonight we turn back to our relationships and we ask the Lord, Lord, show us how to honor what you've given us. Respect where we are. Show us how to value our our kids, our biological brothers and sisters, our spiritual brothers and sisters. I know I'm in covenant with this man. I know I'm in covenant with this lady. I know I'm in covenant with this sister. I know I'm in covenant with this brother. We're in relationship. So show me how to build this relationship, Father, so it can glorify you. So, therefore, when we read next time, we'll be able to keep what we read because we'll respect our relationships. Because remember, some are by the Spirit, all are by the Spirit, but something from that Spirit relationship gets so into your soul that it can cause you such devastation, disaster, if you don't honor it. Anybody that deep involved? Is there a relationship in your life that causes you to compromise your covenants, not honor or respect them to the height that they should be? Move you in a place that you're not able to do what it is that God has called you to do to the best of its ability. Is there a relationship that pulls more on you than than promotes you? Because if we're really connected, our job is to be fruitful. That's why we're together. I'm with you so we can bear fruit. We can save lives. We can redeem souls back for the Father. We can build things for the kingdom of God and glorify him. That's why we're in relationships. When we're not able to do that, we must reevaluate our relationship. Because if not, then we are suggesting that it's okay for us to live our life outside or without a purpose. And kingdom sons and daughters are only fulfilled when they know they are moving in purpose. Are we moving in purpose? Or are we moving out of our pain? Are we in our flesh? Or are we in the spirit? What is our relationship? What is your relationship to this, to that, to them, to those, to him or to her? What is the relationship? Lord, show me what my relationship is here. Or is this temporary satisfaction just so I can feel honored? Feel respected. Well, girl, I got got my light bill paid. You know, Reggie came and bought me some lamps the other week. At least I got this. Consider the birds. They neither sow, reap, nor gather. Because everything they have need of is supplied to them for them because they just stay in and where God wants them to be. So, therefore, when he's dropping blessing, he know how to find them. Where will he find you? In your covenant. Your blessing has already showed up. You missed it because you disrespected your covenant. Joshua, stop praying. 
Joshua 7, please stop praying. Because your prayer won't fix this. Somebody in your camp has transgressed and broke the covenant. So get up. Wait a minute. I thought praying was going to fix it. No, prayer ain't going to fix this relationship. How can you say that, Pastor Carter? Because prayer changes things, not God. You didn't value the thing he gave you. God was showing me, he said, some people didn't value you. Then there's other people that valued you, and they took what you gave them, and they went and tore a building down. Because that's what they thought their strength was for. They didn't know the strength that they got from you was so they can build your building. But they got it. There's others just took, got it. Trust me, there's a lot of fuel in this fire, baby. Trust me, there's a lot of gas in this station. But God is teaching me how to disperse now and walk in a wisdom that's not my own. Likewise, he's teaching you how to walk in a wisdom that's not your own, so therefore you can honor the things that he's giving you and be rightful in them. God bless your heart and all your parts. I'm out of time. I love you with the love of the Lord. And in Jesus' name, let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, teach us how to obey your word. Teach us how to honor our relationships. Teach us how to walk in the spirit of truth, connection, unity, so we may extend our favor beyond our now. I thank you, Father, for every single person on this line. Release the Holy Spirit within them to let them hear what they should know, do what they are determined to do in you, so that they may respect, value, appreciate every single thing, person, personnel they have put in, you have put in their lives. But teach me how to respect my team, my administrators, secretaries, choir members, musicians, security. Teach me how to handle them, respect them, and value them, Lord. In the name of Jesus, make me sensitive to it. Because I understand you honor me as I honor them. So teach me how to honor these people, Lord. And treat them, Father, in regard as you have made them. I bless you for every one of them. Every single one. And, Lord, when our time is done, Lord, don't be slow, but be quick to let me know this is done. But as we are connected and walking together, Lord, teach me to honor this covenant. Teach me to honor it, Lord, and therefore bring forth its fruit. In the name of Jesus Christ, my Savior, my Redeemer, and my Lord, those that love God says amen and amen. And amen. amen. God bless your heart. See you tomorrow morning. Let's talk again. God bless you. Talk to you soon. Night, family. Good night.